Hello, my geeselings, you beautiful, beautiful geeselings. This is Mother Goose Robinson with another introduction of Robinson's podcast. I believe this is episode 15. And I need to start off by getting something off my chest, which is, which regards honesty. And one of my intentions with this podcast is to be honest wherever I can. And I have told you guys a lie. And that lie was came in episode one. I said that I had no intentions or expectations with this podcast other than having conversations that I enjoyed. That is patently false because I'm actually really hoping to use this to become ridiculously wealthy, famous, to build an empire for myself in all ways possible, whether that be becoming a fashion icon. Notice this trendy gray t-shirt or an empire of books, all sorts of things. I, I know no limits and neither does this podcast, but okay. Now that I've gotten that off my chest, I would like to introduce my guest for this episode, Caroline Hudson, who I met while working at, I'm not going to name the place, at a candy store in Chicago in my younger days. I hit it off with Caroline immediately. I remember uh, our first shift just thinking, wow, this person is absolutely brilliant and I really like her. And now, many years later, we are talking on Robinson's podcast. She has since moved on from candy store queen to plastic surgeon. And in this episode, we talk about two things, snack cakes. I guess that's kind of a twist. Uh, we talk about Twinkies, ding dongs, cream pies, all those things. And then we talk about plastic surgery. So if you've listened to other episodes, you know that I am very into food and talking about food. So we each tried, I think, maybe three or four snack cake varieties and talked about them. And then we also talked about wrinkles, Botox, facelifts, sewing nerves back together, uh, the distinction between ease and simplicity, engaging surgeries. And in a surprise twist, Caroline convinced me to give Botox a try. We'll see if that actually materializes, but it is certainly not what I was expecting was going to happen going into this podcast. Anyway, this episode was particularly thrilling for me because I had no idea what to expect. Didn't really know that I was going to enjoy talking about plastic surgery for the better part of an hour, but I really did. And I can't wait to have her on to talk more about it. So I hope you enjoy the episode. Favorite, my favorite podcasts that I've done so far have, well, that's not true, but, but it, what I was going to say is that my favorite ones so far have involved food. So last night I did one with my friend where we just went to a few Chicago bakeries and we got oh, stuff. And that, awesome. Yeah, we got to, yeah, we did that one in person. And now that you're super into baking, that would be up your alley. But instead you get the bootleg <laughs> snack cakes <Hostess laughs> digital review. version. Yeah, but so... 
I I'm trying not to say the word so as much because I've noticed that I use it as like a connective instead of um Verbal all filler. the time. So I'm trying to yeah trying to excise that. No more fillers for me now that I'm a semi-professional amateur public speaker. Okay. But and not saying so. Thank you for joining me for snack cakes. And where I was leading was. My favorite ones have been about food, but I've also been doing actual interviews with philosophers and such. I'm doing one on quantum gravity next week, I think, which I don't know what that is, but I'm looking forward to it. But you get to blend both worlds for me because I have plenty of questions about plastic surgery and being a doctor. But without any further ado, I have my four snack cake items that I've never tried before. And I have arrayed them in order with purpose, going from least intense to most intense. Okay. And my first one, I'm very excited because I I have like 3,850 calories that I get to eat a day right now. And I've been saving up for for this. So my first is mixed berry Twinkies. Okay. With, made with real fruit, which you wouldn't expect from a Mm -mm. Twinkie. I read a whole book on Twinkies in college, my first, my freshman year of college. About uh, like, what about Twinkies? I think it was about how they came into existence and how vile they are. Is it one of those, like, like it was an accident? This is like a, a bastardization of a, an attempt at a better dessert. This is, it's like, I mean, we have, I don't think anybody's going to watch the video of this. <laughs> All of my listen, all of my people have been uh, looking at the audio so far, but you can see it's like really red inside. I'd say the filling distribution to cake ratio is maybe not ideal, just visually. Mm-mm. No. And what are you experiencing <laughs> now, taste-wise? I'm experiencing some like good cake. Okay, moist. That's important in and, a cake. Yeah, it is moist, artificially Obviously. moist. Obviously. But that's okay. That's what we're here for right yeah. now. And the fruitiness isn't as fruity as I like, as I would like. I think it's not as good as a regular Twinkie. So the way I rate things is 25 is bad, 50 is saltines, 75 is good. And I'm going to give this 78. Oh, wow. You're pretty generous. Can yeah. you identify so it the is good. berries I mean, I like it. when it's like mixed berry? Yeah. No, there is just, it's a, it just has a general pink flavor to it, okay. I'd say. Okay. But, all right, that brings me to my first question. So you are a plastic surgeon now. In a manner of speaking. Which you weren't when I knew you before. Yeah. Or a, Well, plastic surgeon, is that synonymous with cosmetic surgeon? Uh, e- yeah, yeah. It's just um, since I'm completing my fellowship, I still feel like sometimes I can't really fully say I'm... A facial plastic surgeon yet, but I guess I am. Okay. But you are specializing in faces. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're so like ten years from now, do you see yourself doing uh breast enhancement or like penis enlargement or anything like just faces? Just faces, just from like the collarbones up. Okay. So my first question. I come into your office mm-hmm. and I have like wrinkles and stuff. Yeah. 
What is what happens from there? Uh, do the wrinkles bother you, or just because everyone has wrinkles? Yeah, I really don't like. I really don't like. Okay, them. they're mainly around my eyes. Uh huh. So typical treatment would be Botox. Botox is temporary. Oh, so so if they're like these crow's mm-hmm. feet, so Botox will help with crow's yeah. feet. Yeah, Botox helps to temporarily paralyze the muscles in the face wherever you inject it. It only acts like within mm-hmm. a few centimeters of where you inject. So shoot some Botox right in this area where like the wrinkles are. And then about a week later, mm-hmm. those muscles don't move anymore. So I get that, but I and I see how that would help prevent future wrinkling. Mm-hmm. But I don't see how that would do anything for the wrinkles that I have right now in our hypothetical. Because you're young, this is you. Is this you now or 10 years from now? This is me at age like 60. Oh, at age 60? It depends. Some 60-year-olds have shallow wrinkles and some 60-year-olds have pretty deep, deep wrinkles. If you have shallow wrinkles, then by the muscle not moving even for a few weeks, the the wrinkles that you have will go away. So they will flatten out. Oh, really? Oh, I had no idea. I thought they were like really sort of deeply creased into your skin by that point, but they're not. Not necessarily. I mean, it depends on how well you've been taking care of your skin. You have a very pale skin tone and you're wearing a hat, which tells me you're probably pretty diligent about sun avoidance. This is actually me mixing up my fashion for uh, podcasting purposes. Okay. Well, um, do you stay out of the sun? But I am. Yeah. So um, then you probably will not have very deep set wrinkles by the time you're 60, whether you've Botoxed by that point or not. So, um, but if you did have like deep wrinkles, some people have really etched in lines in their forehead um, or their crow's feet. I have some etched in lines there yeah the botox would probably take care of it at your age if it didn't you would probably go for like a resurfacing laser like a co2 laser which basically fries the entire top it fries your skin off of your face so that the like fresh baby skin underneath will then like regenerate that sounds good and um and you'll have like fresh new skin but the downside to that I is like, like you're like weepy and crusty for like a week. Like your whole face is red and like scabby and weepy, um, which people generally mm, don't find particularly um, appealing. Uh, and then mm-hmm. you could also be red for like up to like three months, uh, like have a pinkish hue to your face while while your like skin is regenerating. So. The laser's pretty hardcore. I've noticed lately that I'm getting these lines like sort of above my, between my upper lip and my cheeks. And I realized the other day, or probably like a couple of months ago mm-hmm. now, that I think it's from sleeping on my face, like on my side, like my cheeks are getting pushed in and that's creating this crease yeah. there. Is that something known to plastic surgeons uh known as far as like published about i don't know but uh the first thing i ask but anecdotally the first thing i ask when people are like oh this line is like so much deeper than this line the first thing i ask is like do you sleep on the left side of your face and they're usually like yes so i was right so 
yes, your suspicions are, I mean, it makes sense, right? Like gravity, you're spending like yeah, eight yeah. or nine hours, like smushing like this. So like you are going to get more of an indentation oh, on one side. Man, I've been like trying to train myself to sleep on my back, but it's so hard. You can get one of some of those like wedge pillows if you really want. Pregnant women use yeah, that. Yeah, I've been looking into a pregnancy yeah. pillow. Um, yeah. You know, there's something to be said for like a good night's sleep though. And like, however you're comfortable. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if like you could just get Botox and then you could sleep the way that you want and not have to use those That's wedge true. pillows. I'm just uh, preparing to be in my prime around 55. So yeah, obviously. Late bloomer. You're... So I, I don't want to have huge wrinkles then. Yeah, yeah no. Um, and prevention is like really important for will look better than any kind of surgical result anyway. So if you're thinking about these things now, I think you'll probably be in good shape by the time you're 55 and ready to be at your prime. Okay. Okay, great. Now, you have done perfectly for my first question. Thanks. In that you confirmed a serious suspicion I had about my wrinkle generation. Yeah. And I'm, I'm very surprised by what I've just discovered about crow's mm -hmm. feet, that they're not necessarily deeply ingrained and they can be gotten mm -hmm. rid of. So I will reward you as the host of this podcast by allowing you to bring forth your first snack Oh, okay, cake. hold on, let me fetch them. One sec. I don't okay. know if it's kosher to leave. Oh, it, it's kosher. Now I, I just talk to my geeselings, which is what I've called my audience. Can you still hear me? I'm already back. Can. So it was a short trip. Okay, I live back. in a small apartment. Um, but I just want to say that my intention in this podcast was just to talk to you because you're my friend and it wasn't to get you to help me with all my future wrinkle anxiety. But that's a that's a positive. Thank you. Maybe my mom will like this podcast. I'm I'm happy to help in any way I can. Um, this is piggybacking off of your um, snack cake selection, your first snack cake collection, and it's the Tropical Bliss Twinkie. Oh, man. Yeah. That's awesome. So, um... It's blue. Right off the bat... I wonder if it tastes... Tell, if it tastes Right blue. off the bat, I'm intrigued by the color. I can see, like, the classic cream cream holes three of them and then um this feels like a twinkie it smells lemony gonna open it lemony yeah twinkies do smell lemony this is they? more impressive oh, that's, that's, than your berry yeah that's a lot of yeah. cream are you a cream person um you, you like the filling you know it's i guess it depends normally though i want like okay. if you if you advertise something as like filled like show me the filling you know yeah yeah so we met because the audience doesn't know our backstory we met working at the candy store and when we were working at the candy store did you have did they have chocolate covered twinkies then yeah they probably did yeah yeah did you eat those no. Okay, I did. And I loved them. There were white chocolate ones and peanut butter chocolate ones and cookies and cream chocolate ones. And I could just, you could just stuff them down. They're really good. I liked the chocolate covered Oreos. All right, you, but, you, um, yeah. Okay, tell me about Okay, this. so I agree with you about the moisture. I would say mine is also a, a level of moistness that I appreciate. But um, as far as like the blissful tropical flavor that I was hoping for, it's lacking. It mostly just tastes like a regular Twinkie. 
Oh, really? Mm-hmm. What do you think it's like supposed to be coconutty or pineapple? Mm-hmm. I mean, the blue would suggest something, something like that, as would the name. And then it says golden sponge cake with fruit flavored creamy filling, artificially flavored. In case you were, oh, in case we're unlike mine, which is real fruit. Um, I guess pineapples are real expensive. I'm really not. I'm reading the ingredient list. I'm really not seeing a single fruit listed. So your guess is really as good as mine. Oh wow! This is very. This is actually funny. Oh, there are lots of fruits mentioned here. Yeah. Strawberry and raspberry are mentioned at like in the top twenty ingredients, and then after polysorbate 60 monocalcium phosphate mm-hmm. and blue two mm-hmm. blackberry is sandwiched before yellow pie. okay so you had some real berry <laughs> so they, they had a blackberry seed in there somewhere okay well um yeah i've now read the entire ingredient list and there's not a single fruit listed so maybe they were going for like more like oceanic flavors especially with the blue colors like just adding a little bit more salt I can't really tell, okay. but that overall, I'm disappointed. So, um, on your grading scale, I would just give it like, like a fifty-five. Okay, that's that's fair. I sense that you would go lower than me. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm probably lean to be a little bit of a harsher grader. So, who gets a? I'm switching back to cosmetic surgery. So who gets a facelift then? Uh, Nowadays? If if I I have, well, that's not, that's not what I mean. So if I have these crow's Mm -hmm. feet, you say you don't need a facelift for that. I mean, what sort of facial condition do I have Mm. to be in? What, like, what is a facelift for? Yeah. Um, The facelift is for the lower face. So a lot of people. Oh, and for the neck. So people who have like sagginess here or like fullness that you start to notice kind of here, if you like close your eyes and picture like an old person's face. So for the, so you're squeezing like under the chin and beside the chin. Yeah, so this is actually called like a jowl. So people start to notice jowling. Yeah. And then these lines here is like called your marionette lines. People start to notice these. Um, And then just a general like- I've just got to describe for the audio people. That it's like coming down from like the edge of the lip is the marionette mm-hmm. line. to the to okay. kind of the mandible, and like just oh that's an inter- that's an interesting etymology there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, a general loss of definition along the mandible or the jawline that people will no. think of how they looked in their twenties and their thirties, and they just kind of want to look like that again. And so the facelift is primarily to address like the neck and chin area as well as the lower face Um, and depending on the approach you use the surgical approach you use um, when you're doing your facelift it can also help with like the folds that you were describing that go from sort of your nose to the corner of your mouth uh, your nasolabial folds it can help like pull that and lift your face back up and move the volume to where it was before you were when you were younger okay so 
I said so. So, so it's okay. when when you when you get the facelift, where are the incisions made? They start in like your sideburn, in, like the tuft of hair here, okay. and then it goes in front of your ear all the way down to your earlobe, and then behind your ear all the way, and then back into your hairline a little bit. So they're really well hidden. And so you're basically cutting there. Mm -hmm. And then cutting off some of the skin that is closer to the face, then pulling that the edges of that skin back, and then suturing it up together? Basically, the first thing you're doing after you make those cuts is actually elevating all of the skin on the face and the neck. So you're, you're releasing everything off. How do you elevate it? Uh, using scissors, facelift scissors. So you literally, like, spread, like a spreading motion with your fingers using the scissor to underneath the skin underneath the skin to kind of detach the skin from the lower like from the soft tissues underneath the skin oh wow. yeah so like think of it like you're removing a bed sheet from a mattress like if you want to adjust the sheet like first you have to like lift it up first and then like pull it tighter so um you lift up all the skin of the face and the neck and you go all the way to the nose. So you lift up like all of the skin all the way to your nose, to the corner of your mouth, and then down about halfway your neck. And then you like pull the skin tighter, you snip off the excess of what you've pulled and then you close everything up. And is there a lot of connective tissue under the skin that is connecting it to the musculature beneath? Yeah, there's a layer um, called the SMAS, S-M-A-S. It's short for um, some long medical term. And that is actually what um, uh, pulling that layer is more important than pulling the skin when you're trying to get a really good facelift because it's kind of like a but sheath that's over the muscles of the skin or over the muscles of the face underneath the skin. But so how do you keep from like severing the connection between the skin and the muscles when you're like flapping around your scissors under there? You want to free the skin from everything underneath it. So you're detaching the skin from the muscles. Yeah. So then how do the muscles like move the skin once you suture the face back? Um, do they reattach somehow? Well, they, they scar back down, yeah, over time, but... What do you mean by scar back down? Um, so you want the skin to kind of shrink wrap back where you've set it. If your skin was one place and then you lifted it up during the surgery, pulled it tighter, and now it's living maybe three inches away from where it used to live, you want the skin to, to re-adhere to the tissues underneath it so that your facelift will last longer. Okay. So it, it is going to re-adhere to the muscles. Yeah. Yeah. But the, like, what's, what's bothering you about the notion of the skin being detached from the muscles? So when I'm like twitching my cheeks like uh -huh. this, like as we're just talking to each mm -hmm. other and it's moving my cheeks, mm -hmm. I'm imagining that after we right after we've done the facelift provided i'm allowed to move my cheek muscles mm -hmm. 
my muscles are just sliding under there, not attached to anything, and you can't see my skin move at all. I see. Um, no, the there's not. Um, there's not that much like dead space in between. Like once you've set the skin back down, like it's it's pretty it's pretty adherent already to to the to the soft tissue underneath musculature. it. Yeah, to the musculature underneath it. Okay. So you you can still like it's it's not like the muscular plane is moving and it's just gliding underneath like a frozen skin plane. So that's what I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I imagine. There's, I imagine there being like little threads. Uh, obviously it's not like mm -hmm. that, but in my mind, I picture little threads attached, attaching the skin to the muscle. And then once you separate the two, then the muscles just glide underneath the skin. But that's not the case. It's more like there's, we can imagine there being just friction between them or something so the muscle just grabs the skin. yeah exactly okay now i'm gonna have my second snack go cake. for it i ha have so i i did cookies with my friend with another friend of mine recently okay. and he had he kind of i don't know if i want to call it cheating but he had an oatmeal cream pie mm, delish and i've never had one mm. yet for this, I, I saw a double-decker oatmeal cream yes. pie. So I thought, hmm, I ought to try that. You really ought to. And it, right off the bat, looks terrible. Okay. Because I just see, well, I just see basically three cookies. I can't even see the frosting. Okay. Not really, but I bet it's going to be really good. It's pretty good, it's pretty heavenly. but I'm very underwhelmed. <laughs> no, I thought it was going to be awesome. I thought there was going to be so much more frosting, like in the picture. First of all, it's not frosting. But it's cream. <laughs> You're right. It's creme. But it is good. Do you do you feel like the double decker? So oh, but you haven't had a single decker, or you have? Mm -mm. Oh. I haven't. I'm happy with it. I could be happier with it, though. Okay. So you need more cream. It is nice and oaty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just don't get too much cream. I actually would like some raisins. I've never said that before, but I would like some, some raisins in there. I feel like... But I'm going to give this one an eight, uh, 79. Okay. Okay. I'm just, but I'm shooting for 90s. I mean, that's ideal. But looking all? at what I have left, that doesn't doesn't seem too likely. I'm hopeful on mine. You wanna? Well, let's let's give yours a second. Okay. Before. Next next plastic surgery question. Yeah. So proprioception, so when I close my eyes. I have a sense of where my hand is and my feet mm -hmm. are in space mm -hmm. when I'm moving them around. Mm -hmm. And similarly, I have a feeling about like where my knee is or where the skin on my bicep is as it touches the chair. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if after you have a facelift, 
and your skin is mechanically like moved to another place on your body, mm-hmm. even if it's just like a few inches, if you're f- feeling it, if it's like almost phantom skin syndrome, uh. like you're feeling like your skin starts off by right by your nose and then it's three inches away. When you touch that skin, does it feel like it's by your nose? I don't think so. I want to say probably not. I guess you haven't had a facelift. I haven't, but I've seen a lot of patients who've had facelifts. I don't think you're lifting like far enough away to really be able to judge, but I know that after a facelift, you're numb for like, you can be numb for a while. The skin can be numb. Um, And so I feel like that might be like the nerve endings that you cut when you're lifting the skin, like regenerating, regrowing. And so by the time they've grown back, it's like your body's already adjusted. And now like you just, it feels normal again. That's my guess. Can you, can you see a nerve? Oh yeah. Not every nerve, but yeah, you can see a lot of nerves, but like nerves are like roots on a tree. There's like, eventually the roots get so small that like they're hard to see, but like the main Main but nerves. you can see the big mm-hmm. ones. What do they look like? Mm-hmm. They're white. They're a little bit shiny. Um, I guess like kind of like a vermicelli noodle. You know, like a oh, thin, really? like angel hair kind of really thin noodle kind of like that but white and opaque and shiny and when you're suturing up the back of like the earlobes and the sideburns in that area are you having to very delicately attach nerves to one another again no um those like the sensory nerves that we that you cut through that you can't see we don't worry about because like your body normally heals in such a way that there aren't any issues they just regrow yeah they regrow um but there are some nerves that if you were to cut it would be a problem for sure um so you have a nerve you're so you're avoiding them yeah you, you definitely want to avoid them you have a nerve in your face called your facial nerve it controls the movement of the muscles on each side of your face. You have two of them. So like your ability to raise your eyebrow, wrinkle your nose, puff out your cheeks, like make a kissy face, smile. That's like controlled by this so is one that what nerve. Justin Bieber? Yeah, Justin just... Bieber had, yeah, like a virus attack. Um, yeah, his facial nerve, exactly. So, um, hmm. so we, when we do some surgeries, uh, in, including a facelift, but a lot of other like ear, nose and throat surgeries, uh, we have to keep that nerve in mind. And in some cases you even like go out of your way to identify that nerve and trace out its branches so that you can see that you haven't injured it. Cause it's kind of a big deal. Does it start it. on the forehead? It starts no, kind of at the root of the ear behind the ear. Oh, so it's, it's around there when you're, oh yeah, it's very much around, but it's, it's deep to what you're doing. It's underneath. It's mostly underneath and not bothered by the lifting that you're doing. 
but um, I have seen like trauma cases. There was a guy who was like go-karting with his kid and like the go-kart like brakes failed and they were going like high speed into like a, a wall of boulders or something. And so he like shielded his, his child and then like got like a massive gash to his face. And so like the face, the cheek was like filleted open and you could see like his facial nerve just kind of dangling in the breeze. Um, and so That's in early. that case, I went in and, and found where it had been severed um, kind of distally and then like the proximal part of it. And I sutured it back together with suture like finer than a strand of hair. Really? Yeah. I didn't know they made such suture. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They make fine, fine sutures for like delicate tasks such as that. What is it made out of? Nylon. Does it stay there permanently mm -hmm. or you have to remove it? No, no. Nylons are permanent sutures. There's different families of sutures like non-observable and permanent sutures. And nylon is a permanent one because you want it to, you want it to stay forever so that hopefully the nerve will kind of regrow and uh, start to work again. But that procedure doesn't have like a super high success rate. So I never got to see him again. I hope his face moves now, but I'm not really sure. Is that a surgery that is somehow machine assisted? Because I can't imagine it's easy for the human hand to manipulate a suture that is finer than a hair. It is machine assisted um, in that we use a microscope. Oh, but you're you're able to you have the sufficient fine motor skills to weave that into a nerve. Yep. That's 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 a beast of a surgeon you are. <laughs> uh, thanks. Yeah, I try. I guess. All right, hit me with that second snack cake. Oh, okay. Um, I think I'm gonna go with this one. It's a little... Am I going too fast for you? No, it's a limited edition. Okay. Um, you've heard of like the Hostess cupcakes with the classic. I have. I've heard of Yeah, them. this is the s'mores flavor. Oh, that's awesome. So I'm... Did you get all of these at 7-Eleven? Mm... This, this has Walmart written all over no, it. No, uh, I was at Safeway yesterday, so I picked them up. But we said hostess, so is that okay? Yeah. Okay. Oh, did you only get hostess? Yeah. Well, that was there. It no, was what totally was there. Fine. And I'm like, I need to find that's three that I haven't fine. had before. So pretty classic. I would give 10 out of 10, like swirly, swirly design. Yeah, that's a good swirl. And then let's smell. I can smell the marshmallow already. Um, I think they got oh, a little yeah, so sloppy. Oh yeah, got a marshmallow instead of cream filling. I think they got a little sloppy with the with the, the frosting on the top, over. but we'll give it a go. It's definitely marshmallow in the middle. Yeah, it's like chewier. I'm not getting any like graham cracker notes. I don't know if I'm supposed to, or just the, the fact that it's marshmallow. Mixed the base with looks graham crackery. It it's it's just cake. Oh. And it's actually like very reminiscent of the Twinkie cake. I would bet that they use kind of the same batter. Um. If it can even be called batter. <laughs> yeah. So um, you know, 
This is actually pleasant, though. Between the chocolate and the marshmallow center, I feel like I'm getting enough of a s'more feeling where it's leaving me satisfied. They really kind of dropped the ball, though, on the s'more. If it only entailed switching out cream with marshmallow, you'd think they could have gone the extra mile and put some some gram in there somehow. I know. Um, the description says iced yellow cake with toasted marshmallow creamy filling. So they aren't really trying to be more than they are. Um, okay. As long as they're honest. Although they do have like a s'more with a graham cracker here, which is, you know. Also the toasted marshmallow Deceitful. part, it's just marshmallow. I don't know if they actually made an attempt to add any toast element to the flavor of the filling, but it's still good. I like it, so I say 75. Okay, it's good. Beats the the ocean flavored. Yeah. <clears throat> Twinkie. Yeah. Well, I'm actually I'm going to do my third one now. I can't wait to see what I it have is. a confession to make. You warned me <laughs> against getting uh -oh. Bimbo brand. <laughs> And I actually I mentioned that to one of my friends, and he said that he once brought a bimbo brand thing home, and his dad threw it out and told him never to buy them again. <laughs> but so I saw this at the store, and it said Marinella brand, and they're called Pinguinos. Okay. But then I looked at the at the side of the package, and it just clearly says bimbo. Yeah. After I purchased it, so I guess. Marinella is Bimbo's way of trying to smuggle more Bimbo onto the market without the savvier folks like us realizing it. But I find it funny that the the penguins on the label who are cheering on this snack cake that I'm about to mm -hmm. eat are cheering it on with speech bubbles that say, Beery, Beery. And so I guess that's what South American penguins say. Interesting. You know how indifferent... In different countries, like, the animals say things. Just, like, humans give animals different words. Like, in America, our our roosters go cock-a-doodle-doo. But in Poland, it's like, kiriku, kiriku. I've never really and thought about that, but that makes sense. Dogs here go woof-woof, and in Poland, they go, how, 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 how. I'd say that the Polish version really is actually funny. seems more accurate in terms of, like, a dog's bark. The Polish... Uh, pig is like the worst though so we we say oink 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 i don't know this might like hurt people's ears so maybe if it does just i guess you can't plug your ears if you're wearing headphones but they go like whee, whee, whee. how do you know <laughs> that's what polish pigs how do. do you know these polish animal sounds I learned Polish since we since we since we uh, last spoke. Okay, okay, that makes <laughs> sense. Know. I know that like when you're yeah. um, smiling for like photographs in different countries, also obviously they have you say like different words. They don't all say cheese. <laughs> yeah, it's like something I hadn't really thought about either. But in Mexico they say whiskey, like whiskey, and in Chinese they say chiezu, which means eggplant. But I guess when you say it, you like are kind of smiling, which is, Chiedza. I guess, the thought of, like, the word cheese as well, why we say it, so. How is your Chinese at this point? Oh, you know, I don't think it's as Cause you... strong as it was, because I didn't have a lot of opportunities. I had a few in residency, 
my Spanish has stayed top notch, but yeah, my, my Chinese has, has sort of, um, yeah, fallen off, I guess, unfortunately. All right. <clears throat> I'm going to eat these pinguinos. Mm -hmm. They are chocolate creme filled cupcakes. So I'm imagining that they're the bimbo alternative to hostess cupcakes. The direct competitor. Well, who knows? Bimbo might even have their own competitor, and they're saturating the market with this Marinella brand. Well, these look very much like Hostess Cupcakes, I'd say. They also have a pretty decent swirl. Mm -hmm. Not bad at all, but clearly inferior to Hostess, I would say. Yeah, I mean... When you're choosing between 99 the, cent snacks, why would you choose a pinguino when you could just choose a hostess cup? Mm -hmm. The top is really grainy. That's the, the main downside. You're talking about the frosting? The, yeah, the chocolate layer, if it can even be called frosting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Call it an industrial glaze. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Grainy would, I guess, suggest that like it was the chocolate wasn't properly mixed. If it can even be called chocolate. Okay. <laughs> well, you're going for the second one. Not going to stop me. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. All right. Oh yeah. This one's going to get a seventy-six. So we're really clustering in the just scraping by zone here wow but my s'mores that i was happy with is lower than your pinguino well to me if i'm happy to eat something that means it's good okay yeah i mean it's not like an emphatic good i'm just i'm happy to eat this i could eat this all day that that thing okay sure mm -hmm. sir i also have a, a very serious sweet tooth same same hmm. Okay, we've talked about nerves. Yeah. Now I'm curious about microvasculature mm -hmm. or microcapillaries. How do you deal with that? So I'm guessing everything going on under the face, as you've described it, sort of heals itself once you've stretched the skin out. You're not you're not going under the bed sheet and snipping around and suturing things up there before you no. tuck it in. No. But once you start dealing with the the stitches around the ears, mm -hmm. are you having to reattach certain blood vessels or th clamp things off, th stuff of that nature? Or No. Because it's sounding like your job is too easy <laughs> at this point. The facelift is... Um... It's a simple procedure. That doesn't mean that it's easy, but it is, in theory, simple. Okay. Um, okay. Because the That's skin a has a uh, has its own blood supply. So if you just lift the skin up and then lay it back down wherever, uh, you're taking with it its blood supply when you lift it and lay it back down. So um, you don't need to be thinking about the blood vessels. However, there are... Um, times when that's not the case. So we do 
um, very large cancer surgeries. So say someone came in with like a massive skin cancer on their scalp that was like the size of like a clementine orange. Um, when you remove that and you have to remove a margin of healthy skin around it, you can imagine that it's going to leave, leave like a pretty decent sized hole on top of the scalp. Um, so you, how do you, how do you address that? Like, how do you fill that hole? Um, and so normally what we do is actually take muscle and skin from the thigh and, um, put the thigh on top of the head. Um, to fill the hole. And in that case, when we're bringing tissue from another part of the body, this is called like a free flap. Um, when you're bringing tissue from another part of the body and putting it up in the head area, then you have to bring with it its own blood supply. So you cut a, a vein and an artery and sometimes a nerve to go with that hunk of meat from your thigh slap it on the head and you go under the microscope and you use those same fine suturing techniques and fine sutures to um, bring together the blood vessels, want an existing blood vessel in the scalp with the blood vessel from the thigh. And it will just sort of accept the new attachment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's cool. It is cool. Now, when you say we do this, you don't mean you personally right now in your practice. You mean ENTs? I mean ENTs. Um, I I did some of that in residency in my five years of training to become an ENT. But the path I've chosen to go down now where I'm doing cosmetic plastic surgery, I won't be doing that surgery. But within even plastic surgery, there's a distinction between cosmetic and reconstructive. And if you want the reconstructive route, then you could be doing those surgeries if you want. But you're not doing reconstruction. No, no, uh, I'm not doing that level of reconstruction, free flaps specifically. Um, they take like, they're like 12 hour cases. And the patients like, if, if the artery or the vein becomes compromised or you're concerned about it, like at a moment's notice, you have to take it back to the operating room and take a look. Otherwise, you know, the viability of the flap is in question. So uh, the lifestyle is like, can be pretty hard. Uh, and so for those reasons, I just not pursue that route. Got it. Hmm. But they're pretty, they're pretty amazing surgeries. I mean, taking massive amounts of bones, muscles, skin from different parts of the body and getting really creative to reconstruct like someone's throat, you know, the inside of someone's esophagus. Uh, you can like tube skin from, from like the fore, from the forearm, like roll it up and have like the skin be the new lining of like the esophagus if you've removed that. Hmm. So yeah, I mean, right. they're, they're amazing surgeries and really hardcore, but just too big for me. Hmm. And when you say that the facelift is simple, but not easy, mm -hmm. I, I grasp the simplicity element. Mm -hmm. This isn't me making like a joke, but what makes it, what makes it difficult? Uh, what makes it difficult is achieving uh, long-lasting results, number one. Number two, um, cosmetically acceptable results. 
So it really matters who your facelift surgeon is because uh, anyone can follow the steps and do the facelift, but like you can botch the surgery if you don't pull in exactly the right vector. You can look like wind tunnel effect. Mm. You can look like overly tightened. There are really bad scars that you can get around the ear if you don't um, suture with good techniques. There's also um, anyone can pull the skin, like trim it and then sew it back down, uh, like sew it closed. But um, a couple years later, like the patient may notice they look pretty similar to what they did before the lift. So um, if you use uh, good techniques and like do the surgery well, you'll get the longevity of like 10 years later, the patient will look, uh, will still have like good result. So. Okay. So it's not, that's, so it seems like I, that's something that I'd written down. I was wondering if there was more so than other surgeries, an artistic or like a sculptural component to it. And it seems like that's very much the case, obviously, because it's a cosmetic surgery. Yeah, I think that rhinoplasty is probably more artistic than than facelift, but that's nose jobs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nose jobs are more artistic than than facelifts, but um, but still, definitely, there there are some creative elements to to the facelift where it matters. Like I said, who's doing the surgery? Okay. You want to do your last yeah. of the snack cakes? So I selected strawberry cheesecake donuts. Oh, that sounds really good. Yeah, I'm hoping. I, I'm a big fan of donuts. Honestly, I can already smell the flavor with the bag like fully unopened and sealed. The expiration date is not for another 13 days. So who knows when these are packaged? Probably two years ago. Yeah. See, my pinguinos expire in a month. Okay. My oatmeal cream pie, a month and a half. Mm. My Twinkies. These smell good. A month and a half. So they don't look exactly like the picture. Picture's like having me think they're kind of frosted. Um, but yeah. here they look like just a giant Fruit Loop. Um, they look like dog treats. Yeah, they do have like a texture similar to a dog treat. Um, I'm worried they're going to be dry just by how they look and how I'm opening them. Like chewing sand? They're actually not dry. Um, they're kind of gross. Oh, really? I'm not getting any cheesecake. It just tastes like strawberry. Definitely no cheesecake. I definitely note. I definitely noticed that a lot of brand branded products they'll like throw in a second thing like cheesecake or so when when there isn't actually any hint of that, it's just to make the product sound better. French vanilla, salted caramel, yeah. like oh, yeah. what are those? Where it. are those elements? I'm, I miss them. I expect them when I read it and then I don't get it. Mm -hmm. And I'm disappointed. So, so these are not good, but you're at least able to finish it. I mean, it's not inedible and like, it's a donut. So like I'm eating it, but, um, majorly disappointed, no cheesecake flavor. If you're looking for like a strawberry flavored donut for some reason, then like 
it would be great probably. Um, but for me, I would almost rather eat a saltine. So I'd give it like a 49. Okay. That's how you know something is mediocre. It is. I had it was a mediocre. pint of ice cream this morning <laughs> from this. It was what? Like a whole pint? Yeah. I feel like we've been texting about this lately. I eat a lot of ice cream. But I had a I thought it was like ice cream for breakfast. I eat ice cream all the time, but you meant like a physical like a lot like quantity you eat a lot of ice cream. Quant well, I mean a pint I think of as a single serving and I had a pint. <laughs> I have a pint for breakfast every day. Ew. But this morning <laughs> this morning I had a pint of and the brand of diet ice cream. The brand is called Scandalous. So it was, it was only like 370 calories for the pint. It is, I think, bar none, the worst di di diet ice cream brand. Mm -hmm. And this one was chocolate peanut butter flavored. And they were totally missing the peanut butter. It just tasted like eating icy dirt. It wasn't good. You know, sometimes... But, but, but... You get what you... It, it still had sugar in it. And it still had something interesting going on. So I couldn't just give it a, I had to give it a 51 because I would have rather eaten it than, than saltine. So we're both, we're straddling the saltine line with the strawberry cheesecake and diet chocolate peanut butter ice cream. Oh right God, breakfast ice cream. It's not really the flavor I would have chosen for breakfast ice cream, but um, I respect that, you know, no judgment. Well, I do a different pint every day. So I, where do you get I, these? All over? All over. Mm -hmm. There was a guy who's popular on Instagram who, like, only makes, like, really small batches of, like, popular, uh, like, um, ice cream that's really popular. And he, like, I guess he posts riddles or something in his stories. And then if you get the, if you DM him, like, the answer to his riddle, then he allows you the link to, like, purchase one of his pints of ice cream. Mm -hmm. Have you heard of him? That's funny. I oh, haven't. Okay. I haven't. Well. Hmm. Well. Okay, did you? Oh, yeah, you gave that a 49. I did. So, yeah, I just need to excise this so, but it is so difficult to excise when it's uh, so so habitual. But hmm. Habits are hard to break. How, how are facelifts changing with technology so when when do you think the first facelift was done oh because mm. people have not wanted wrinkles forever uh, i don't I'm know beauty that. standards are different even like across countries and continents so i don't know if necessarily uh, everyone's bothered by wrinkles um i would say okay, within that's... the last hundred years I wonder what what Wikipedia but has But it could to be say. like in ancient Egypt, they were doing facelifts. Oh, on... wow. The ancient Greek. The ancient, so facelift, technically what? known as ritidectomy from the ancient Greek. Well, anyways, it comes from, <laughs> the word comes from the Greek for surgical removal of wrinkles. Uh-huh, yeah. So I'm guessing... 
It started, oh, actually, it started in the cutaneous period of 1900 to 1970. Okay. Facelifts were performed by pulling on the skin on the face and cutting the loose parts off. So it sounds very much like what people do today. Mm, Yeah. The first one was apparently performed in 1901. Okay. So where are facelifts going? Like, is it something that's evolving? Are people getting better at it? It is evolving. It's definitely evolving because people are going deeper. They realize that if you just pull the skin, um, like, you're not going to have, like I mentioned, like, long-lasting results. Skin is, like, too susceptible to the changes of gravity. So you need to be pulling, actually, the the stuff underneath the skin, part of that SMAS layer that I was talking about. So um, people are, people started, like, addressing the SMAS by kind of, pinching it in a way and like re-suturing it, folding it on itself a little bit. But um, the kind of lift that I'm training with is going even underneath the SMAS and just like continuing to get closer and closer to that facial, where that facial nerve lives um, in an effort to get more dramatic and longer lasting results. So, I mean, at some point, I don't think you can like keep reinventing facelifts, but they have evolved in that People have got more daring with um, their proximity to the facial nerve and their comfort level with that. But 50 years from now, you think they'll be significantly better than they are today? Um, 50 might even be too far, but like 20 years from now? No, I don't think so. I think there are always going to be people who find that the simpler, easier way to do things are the way that they want to do surgery. And so those results, I think, are just inherently limited. So I think there'll still be people like that practicing all over. So. Okay, I'm going to have my final snack cake. And then I have one more question for okay. you. So I'd seen this one before. And it surprised me pleasantly so but i didn't get it and so i eat a lot of candy too and i've probably had like 20 different reese's products but i had not had reese's snack cakes okay me neither and reese's snack cakes are a thing they come with two cakes they are soft bake chocolate cake topped with Reese's peanut butter creme covered in smooth, real milk chocolate. None of that fake milk chocolate that the pinguinos use. A snack cake covered in milk chocolate. Okay. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, Are you a peanut butter person? When the occasion calls for it, I'm not like a mega peanut butter lover. I'm not a major chocolate person, so... Oh, this is not what I was expecting. It looks like a chocolate bar, kind of. And it's dense like one, too. Not what I was expecting, either. And it's it's very chocolatey. Unlike some chocolates, which uh, they don't melt. Like, Hershey's never really melts, but this is melting in my hand. Which I would say is in line with other Reese's products. Yeah. This is very much not really a snack cake. Can I see a cross section of what we're dealing with here? Yeah. That looks like a like a protein bar or something. 
Yeah, it looks very much like a protein bar. If you had told me it was a protein bar, I would have been like, mm, a tasty protein bar. Mm-hmm. How much protein is in that? Because there are peanuts in there. Yeah. Very little. <laughs> Six grams. Six grams? It's like half my protein consumption in a day, probably. Actually? I had a shameful level of protein intake. I had to measure this when I was pregnant, especially as a vegetarian. They're like, you should be getting 80 grams of protein in a day. I'm like, I eat protein. I eat tofu and beans. I should be okay. So I charted it for like a day and it was like 20 grams. Oh, gosh. So I had to start eating. Good thing you're not a bodybuilder. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. All right. Snack cakes for me are also getting something low. They're getting like a 76. So they're tied with the penguins. It's just underwhelming. Very underwhelming. I like chocolate, but I'm not a huge chocolate person. And that's just really dense, almost darkish chocolate. Mm -hmm tasting mm-hmm. and not as much peanut butter as I would have liked. I really like white chocolate Reese's peanut butter cups. Those are probably my favorite mm. because they're very peanut buttery and not chocolatey at all. I have to try this. I w- if you had just given that to me, I would have thought it was like a Reese's fudge bar, mm-hmm. which doesn't exist, but I would not have guessed it was a Reese's snack. Yeah, cake. that seems like the wrong really terminology for it. Okay. How do you take care of your face? Um, I have been getting Botox since I was like 27. I normally inject myself. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, not like habitually. Botox only lasts for every three to four months. Uh, and I definitely haven't, I haven't been keeping up with it to that extent, but... Yeah, on and off since for the last like five years or so. And then um, I wash my face. And sometimes I put various products on my face, trying it out. Um, and I, the best thing I do is I never, my face never sees the sun. So Never? No. Even in the morning? No, it's always covered in like a wide brim hat. So you are very much concerned with not getting wrinkles and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Some people aren't. I know. And and that's fine, too. I, it's not like I look at people who have wrinkles and I'm like, gross. But um, I like the way that my skin looks now. And I just want it to stay looking like that for as long as I can get it to. So the Botox Mm -hmm. surprises me. Why? Maybe it shouldn't. But the reason that it surprises me is in general, maybe it's just, it's probably just because of the media. Most people in our demographic, I would assume, think of plastic surgery as old actresses trying to stay young and ending up looking monstrous. Mm -hmm. So evidently, I mean, you use Botox, but you 
you don't fit that bill at all. I never would have guessed that you did. Tons of people use Botox and fillers. And when done well, you would never know. I think most people, especially men, um, when they think of Botox and fillers, they think of the people where it's been done poorly and they're overfilled and they have like crazy duck lips and frozen faces. But when you choose like a responsible provider um, who won't overfill you and who uses the right amount of Botox in the right areas, it looks natural. It looks exactly like, you know, your face still moves and you, you, you look normal, but it's just, um, a little bit enhanced. So, okay. So what is the difference then? If, if I were to see your face, I mean, I can't see it in high resolution right now. Mm -hmm. So this would be a better question asked in person, mm -hmm. but you are presumably using one of yourself, one of these responsible providers and doing the proper amount of Botox. Mm -hmm. And how would you look if you hadn't been doing that? Like, what would I be able to tell any difference? Yeah. Where are, where are you using it? Like in the, in the crow's feet area? Yeah. So I'm breastfeeding right now. So technically you're not really supposed to uh, use Botox while you're breastfeeding, even though I'm doing a research study this year to try to prove that it's actually safe and should be fine. Um, but before, like when I smile and like there would normally be wrinkles here, um, but instead it's just, it's smooth. And so, but if it's not done well, the Botox can migrate to muscles that you don't want to be paralyzed. And so you can end up with like a wonky eye. It's called ptosis, <laughs> P-T-O-S-I-S. -S. And there's not a, like a, a fix for that. You just have to wait for the Botox to wear off. Um, or you can- How long does it last? Like three months. So you inject basically every three months? No, I don't because I don't, I just get lazy basically. But uh, a, a lot of patients will come in every four months for, for their, for the routine Botox. And that's not, it's not like old, old ladies, it's young people, people in their twenties and thirties. And you just do it here? No. So the main elsewhere? areas you treat are the lines between the forehead, the 11 lines, um, the horizontal forehead lines, and then the crow the crow's feet. Some people also do these, they're called like bunny lines that you can get like on your, on the sides of your nose. Um, those are the main areas that you can treat with Botox as well as some people don't like, like the dimpling that you can get in your chin. Um, kind of like a mm. walnut appearance to the chin. Um, so you can inject like just five units of Botox there. Fascinating. I never knew any of this about Botox. Yeah, yeah, it's uh it's pretty straightforward and very very safe, low low complication rate, but like nobody wants a wonky eye and also like your eyebrows can droop, your eyebrows can be really elevated like Spock eyebrows um if it's not injected in the right place. So, yeah, you definitely want to be injected by someone who knows what they're doing. Would you get Botox? And I don't know, you're making it sound appealing. It is. It's great. The, the and what are the fillers? The, those are the other common things mm -hmm. that seems like you mentioned. Yeah, fillers are like most most popular fillers. Um, hyaluronic acid, 
based fillers, which is um, some, something that your body naturally has. People use HA um, to help like add like a hydrated appearance to their skin. Um, so it's just a compound that you inject and it can last anywhere from six months to a really long time. Most people inject like in their uh, nasolabial folds, um, in their cheekbones. So that's what I have, what, what I'm not, what I was telling you I don't like. Yep. And then in their cheekbones. And what did it, you said it fills that out? Uh-huh. Yeah. So imagine so, just so like squirting a little bit of filler to like flatten the line. So then it goes away. Would that also just make the line go away? As opposed to just appear to go away, like the actual yeah, it would make it go away over time would go away. Yeah, yeah, it would go away, but it's just temporary. Like fillers wear off, especially because this is a pretty dynamic once the area. Filler... Well, here's I guess a better way. So, presumably, if I have this line, it's because I was sleeping on it and it's been pushing my cheek together. Mm-hmm. Now, if I get a filler that removes that. Mm-hmm. But then I started sleeping on my back after the filler wore off, so the line wouldn't come back. No, the line, no, the line wouldn't come back. I mean, everybody, even like infants, have some sort of yeah. line there. That's just the way that your facial facial musculature moves. But no, like a, a wrinkle or like a deep crease would not come back. Yeah. Do you use those ones too, or just the? Do I use fillers? I have injected filler in this air in this fold, um, probably over a year ago, because I sleep on my left side too. And I felt like it was deeper, even though everyone else said it wasn't. Uh, But I injected like a couple drops of filler, just to make it more even to my eye. Uh, but other than that, no, I haven't injected like my lips or my cheeks. That's or so cool. I didn't know this world existed. <laughs> oh yeah. Huh. Yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot can be done for your face. If you're not stimulating collagen okay. at all times, like what are you doing? How do you do that? <laughs> oh, lasers, micro needling, you know, injecting different things, you know, non-surgical procedures that are offered at medical spas and plastic surgery centers. Really? I'd never, I assumed that none of those things, I mean, I'd heard the, I'd heard of microneedling, mm-hmm. but I assumed that they were just bullshit, like putting cucumbers on your eyes or something. Mm-hmm. But th- there are actual real treatments that work. Correct. Yeah. I mean, there are some things that are mm-hmm. like kind of hokey, like, mm, but there are definitely things that actually work. Wow. And well, like celebrities are. I guess are... we're going to have to do a round two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, what were you going to say about celebrities? I was saying celebrities are the proof of that. Like, you know, Jennifer Lopez being like, she looks amazing. I can't believe she's 50 or whatever. It's like, yeah, because she's been, you know, doing non-surgical procedures to her face probably for like decades. And so it looks awesome. All right. Well, this was really cool. So thanks for talking to me and thanks for doing the snack cakes. And it was my pleasure. When we're both in Palo Alto, maybe we'll do one in person. Sounds good. Okay.
I have recorded this about 10 times because I'm just so bad at asking for help. But if you could like, subscribe, comment on whatever medium you're consuming this nascent fledgling podcast on, that would be so helpful because the best thing for helping me grow this podcast at this point is making it at least appear that I have an audience. So thank you for listening and thank you for supporting me.